Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Neil and Jordan podcast, a podcast where two comedians talk like experts on subjects they're not experts on. I'm Neil. I'm joined by Jordan. How are you going? Pleasure to be here. I'm very good, Neil. Wow. <laughs> the most robotic <laughs> thing I've ever heard in my life. You like that? Pleasure to be here. I'm very good, Neil. That's what it sounded like. Yeah, it was very uh, insider's intro, wasn't it? It was one of those morning political shows. Yeah, thank you for having me here. You're not happy to be there. God. <laughs> uh, just a quick announcement. We are taking the last Sunday of 2020 off and the first Sunday of 2021 off. So there will be no podcast released on those two Sundays, but we'll be right back to it. <laughs> In the second Sunday of 2021. Well-earned break. Yeah. Well, it's pretty much just like a teacher's break, isn't it? It's just because it's Christmas. Are you so teachers I'm not get like, like six weeks off. How, how many weeks do we get off? Two. Shit, dude. Okay, so we are like workers at H&R Block. I take that back. We don't even get the four weeks annual leave. No. Mm. You don't really get any celebration except for like to go home. To, let's be honest. I do understand the tediousness of Christmas now. Where's the podcast union? <sighs> Probably the MEAA. Is there an internet, is there a union for internet creators? I, I, I don't know. Is like, like <laughs> what was that, what was that defunct company called again? Bomb? I have no idea. No, remember this was years ago. They approached us all and they were trying to like get us all under this agency. Oh, boom. Boom. They boom. Are, that was our union. They are <laughs> they've been in the grave for a long time. What happened with that? I it just didn't work. I think. It's so weird how many people have just like gone into the internet because this idea of like, I'm gonna monetize other people's hard labor and somehow that's gonna work on a platform that is free. Actually if there was a union, it would help because there are so many middlemen when it comes to influencers. So these big companies will put out this advertising brief and that'll go to this media buying agency, which will then go to this digital agency, which, oh God, if you ever want to see a group of corporates that are doing absolutely nothing, go to a digital agency. Yeah. They write a two-page brief and then they're like, hey, you're the influencer. Make the video. We're just going to take 80% of the cut. <laughs> but here's 20% of you for you. But because you're just doing it all independently, that's still great money. Yeah. So you take it. <laughs> yeah, we need a union. <laughs> you know what? It's, yeah, pretty much unions are just there to fight middlemen. It's so true. It's just yeah. to fight people from this, this perpetual question in society. Of, What's your job again? Oh, okay. Just uh, being a leech. Yeah, no, that's not going to happen anymore. Yeah. Look, I don't have any qualms with the company itself. If anything, I could save them money because they're giving way too much to the media. What the fuck is a media buying agency? Why do they go through them? I have no idea. Laziness. It's just it's just layers of institutions that have built up through history when there was the TV advertising model and the radio advertising model and the print advertising model, whereas it just hasn't updated to the uh, digital advertising model. Yeah, which is just like... You contact you on Insta and say, yo, you interested in being in a sports bet ad? That's literally That's it. it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's these 30-year-old people in marketing, 35-year-olds in marketing that have great salaries that are just DMing people for a career. 
It's actually a good, good on them. You know what? It's a good job. I respect the hustle. I mean, it's definitely a good job. The lack of hustle. But you, you know, yeah, the lack. So true. <laughs> do you think that? Uh, do you think? Here's, here's the big question, though. Do you think that any of those people are happy with their lives? Would um, much prefer no, to be a garbage. I think they're they're really stupid and they're happy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because I don't think they pursue, you know, deeper meaning or a purpose. I think they're just like, ooh, this is a good salary. Let's go to Bondi. That's all they want is just like shots of them having cocktails at that little nautical theme bar on the beach of the pavilion. Yeah, a, right. a, a pretty Instagram. It's a very 30-year-old's uh, goal in life. That really comfy job. Just mid, shots of yeah, you with like the girls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, always always those cocktails along like just, just like two or three bars in Manly, two bars in Bondi. Yeah. Oh, and of course the rocks, let's not forget. And then before you know it, the the photo comes out. I excited to announce that two is becoming three. Yeah. It is an ultrasound picture of a clump of cells that can still legally be aborted. <laughs> Is that what Validate happens? us. We had unprotected sex. Already. We're special. Yeah, you didn't even deliver it yet. Just wait until then. Yeah, well, no, wait 18 years, see if the kid's not a fuckwit, and then I'll give you your yeah, Facebook yeah. like. <laughs> and they will be a fuckwit. They will definitely be a fuckwit. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I heard the most fucked up thing the other day. Actually, I've got a good piece of news for you as well. Oh, yeah. But also just, I was talking to this bimbo I know, <laughs> and her response was, she's like, I'm was having- Was it your mum? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I had to. I had to. I had to. Yeah, of course. I don't grant you that, you know? <laughs> Keep going. Uh, yeah, she- just said to me, it was it got to be one of the most fucked sentences I've ever heard in my life. And there was not a hint of irony in it. She was like, I am going to have a baby. And it was like, why? And it was like, because I want to be a yummy mummy. So, so she wanted to have a baby just so she could be still hot while having a baby. That was her grand <laughs> scheme in life of why she wanted a child. Can you imagine how bad that child is going to turn out? Yeah. You know, there's this weird cultural alliance between um, religious conservatives and women who are like, I want to be a MILF because they're both promoting <laughs> family values. <laughs> they both want to have more kids in society. <laughs> <laughs> It's really weird, actually. Like, maybe that is the only reason that people want to have kids. If you, if you take it away, maybe that she, maybe she's just so stupid that she just gave the game away. I, I it could just be like, I want an extension of my shelf. Yo, that's it's a it. common thing, though. I feel like we've talked about this on other podcasts. The have we? the um, aspirations to be a milf. I just didn't think it was like really a thing. I thought it was kind of just like a joke, and no, you're just kind of like of deducing it. A, because... <laughs> a lot. Why? Because it was just fetishized by uh, American Pie, and let's be honest, it's a good fetish. I do like the idea of a milf. That's true. But yeah. the other thing is, like, I just I, I am very scared of people who that is their sole aspiration in life. If you just so happen to be a milf, maybe that. Look, there's worse things people can aspire to, but I. Can't imagine they're particularly intelligent people. No, it's not. Yeah, well, she's dumb as batshit. But like, then again, what? 
I think there's a lot of people who are like, mm, I want to have a career. And then they just work in, I don't know, middle management for an advertising firm. I can't imagine that's particularly fulfilling. But these are pretty much the same people most of the time, let's be yeah, honest. Yeah, it's the same people that are either. <laughs> <laughs> there's no in between. It's like, yeah, I want to have, have a career or I want to be a MILF. No, no, there's a real nice crossover in that, isn't it? <laughs> but then again, yeah, that's 90% of people's aspirations. What's left? Fuck, that is really grim, isn't it? <laughs> Maybe there's a video in that, but I do actually think that there is. I would really like to I would really like to make a video just exploring being 30. Being 30 is Being 30 is really really crap decade i reckon in terms of i like it because you just like you you you've navigated yourself around enough um but yeah uh i, I would like to make that like a video I'll just just hone that out the advantages of it are you're just a lot more comfortable with yourself than you were in your 20s because that, you're just like i've just done everything at this point that's the biggest thing i've heard everyone says that when you turn 30 you just don't care as much you're less insecure that 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 adage is really true youth is wasted on the young like yeah. I wish I was sixteen again. Yeah, that, Damn, exactly. Wouldn't with be all great? the wisdom I have now, oof. Yeah, watch out. Clean up. <laughs> then again, I'm sure when I'm 36, I'll say the exact same thing. Uh, I'll say I wish I was 26 again. So I'm trying to just take that into account and understand. Look, I'm probably overthinking things. And but then you get to the point where you're 60 apparently and then you're just like, I'm just happy to be 60. Like your brain starts turning to mush, but you get happier as a result. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm kind of happy about to... that. Yeah, me too. You're halfway there? You're halfway, halfway there. I'm getting there, baby. Damn. But you know what? Everybody else is always just being like, where did that go? I know exactly where that went. I mean, like, dude, sometimes you get scared, but like, really, like it, it feels like I've been here for a while. And you know what else is great? Every year that passes, the cooler you are with death. Because it's just like there's so many points in your life where you're just like, that that was pretty much the same as that year, and that was pretty much the same as that year. I think your body just starts preparing yourself for it, where it's just like, ah, it's all just cyclical, isn't it? <laughs> Which is actually, you know what else? It sounds yeah, really, really bitter, just... but it's not. I think that's the thing that like happens in your 30s a bit. You kind of just get, you kind of just sit there and you kind of just laugh at your negative thoughts and insecurities that definitely happens that's good that's something to look forward to you sh you, it's it's nice it's nice. yeah i definitely fear death a lot less than when i was 18 yeah um, but that's the thing is just like <laughs> yeah but you but, just was just like oh i've got things to prove to the world or whatever no, and then you just so get to like a certain age and then you're just like yeah i, I proved that shit and actually not that much fucking change so all the incredibly famous people throughout history uh, in another 20,000 years are going to be forgotten. Mm. You know. But then there's like occasionally just someone like Cleopatra or some shit. Like she's yeah. still around. Yeah, but that's okay. But I think you can last like 10,000 years maybe. <laughs> then you're just like just... Gorg or something. Her mythology will start to influence the next generation of stories. So there'll be some offshoot Residue. of her in 20 30,000 years that'll be uh, you know like the mimetic evolution of Cleopatra, Cleopatra. <laughs> but, and and of Jesus and of the most famous people that we now know of but look you, you're going to be forgotten the, the more i think about it the, the the most lasting legacy you can 
you can give is a genetic legacy. You got to do what Genghis Khan d- did and just have sixteen min- million people that are d- your direct descendants in a matter of what less than a millennium. Right on. Right on. How do that we do is that? probably the best. Well, like, I mean, <laughs> he's definitely right. Pesky human rights. <laughs> I don't know if we said this before, but you know how it was just like it was such a it was such a good mind spin in the movie uh, in the show. Sorry, the book Sapiens, where they were just saying that like wheat has actually won the evolutionary race. <laughs> Nothing has been more successful than wheat <laughs> because it just like forced yeah. us to change our entire evolutionary trajectory and the, the the evolutionary trajectory of everything else, like just clearing all this land for it wow. and then just sitting around and tending to it and making sure that it propagates to the point that it's like a quarter of the world's biomass or some shit. And uh, farm animals. Yeah. Uh, in a weird way, uh, evolutionarily very successful. Mm, mm. They've managed to propagate themselves billions and billions of times over yeah and they wouldn't have otherwise survived in the wild <laughs> yeah true so just by being tasty and pliant that actually turned out to be the most successful evolutionary pattern so maybe wow. that actually so, look it's so the vegans it's, are wrong these are the most successful animals that have ever lived yeah more so than us <laughs> yeah and they're the more, just along for the yeah. ride they're like that little pterodactyl on the um What's that big long dinosaur? The Diplodocus. Is that it? The Brachiosaurus. The big giant one. You know that little pterodactyl that would just sit there and be along for the ride? And its evolutionary success was based upon... Just eating parasites off it. Yeah. Yeah. It's better to be that than than the... the king of the jungle because the king Fuck. of the jungle has to work to maintain that status. And that is the middleman. That is the middleman of today. That is the digital agent. Is that pterodactyl and that Brachiosaurus is back? Yeah, the the sort of the counts and the dukes of yesteryear, but not the actual king. Just those, all those weird titles that the British people still have, like a count and a duke and an earl <laughs> and all this weird shit. Like they had the best life because they had not, they didn't have much responsibility. They probably looked after a kingdom of, you know, a few hundred people. I mean, the king was the main monarch. But you know what? It depended on certain political timings because sometimes like the baron would just be around for generations and if kings were switching over, sometimes the the king wouldn't even have an army and would have to beg certain barons for armies. Oh, really? Or they would just have more family wealth than the king and be richer than the king. And so they'd kind of just be the secret king. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. It like it definitely depended on the circumstance of, of the time. But it doesn't... It doesn't discount your point that they were kind of still the parasites of it. It's just like under certain environments, parasites thrive. You want to be like fourth or fifth in the chain of command of any given hierarchy. Yeah. There's no, no one's trying to stab you in the back. No. And, you know, no one's really... Look, if a revolution occurs, will your head be on a pike or will they just say, eh, just leave? Yeah. You'll probably... But you can just blame your subordinates for anything that you ever fuck up. Yeah, and you can say, no, I was on your side all along. (laughs) (laughs) Never want to be top dog. I was working from the inside. Yeah. (laughs) You've got to be fifth top dog. (laughs) It's definitely the 
survival pattern that works. Yeah. Damn. So, I don't know. Look, I guess as a turnaround, what we're saying is that maybe those chicks would sit there and say, I just want to be hot mum. What's the dude equivalent? Because I don't think any guy's like, well, I want to be a hot does dad. Any, does any I guy ever want to be a, be a dad? No. <laughs> I think being a silver fox would be mad. But I, but that there are other aspirations that supersede that. That's no, not my primary aspiration. I'll be honest; it's 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 up there for me. So I can't even talk when I'm just talking about those milfs. I really like the idea of just preserving will. Yeah, it's just always that thing of like it's not like that hard to be line. hot in your twenties. It's hard to be hot in your fifties. Oh, yes, yes. I want to live on some, you know, penthouse. And just step outside, look over the city with a wine glass in hand. Yeah. Thinking about like the hundreds of women that I've dated. And not have to have <laughs> any fucking kids just yelling at me. <laughs> be like, yes, this is the life. <laughs> I don't know why I'm French. I just assume I'll develop it. Pointy I'll spend beard, 20 naked. years in France and become French. <laughs> <laughs> have a lot of energy. It's a good life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now that's the life. Yeah, I mean that, that that really is the life. I feel like those are the guys that you know how the um MRAs are always talking about paternity uncertainty. Somewhere between two to ten percent of kids don't actually know their real father. Oh. And the mother's keeping it a secret. Mm. It's some, at least two percent. That, that's a scary thought. So in everyone's grade in high school, one to three people didn't know were lied are being lied to about who their real father is i assume it's some silver fox somewhere that is a little genghis khan in in our society Shit. Like, there's just hundreds of them in the in pen like who the fuck buys a penthouse i just imagine it's a silver fox like families don't want to live in a penthouse oh uh, no you know who else buys it libs they definitely Lab buy it. Silver Foxes. <laughs> They're not even, not even, just ones that start up dodgy plumbing services. Why do they go to a penthouse? I don't know, because it's just like, it's the image of success, bros. So they just go to that. Because that's what I was talking to. Like, all yeah, of my true. friends that live in expensive, like, predominantly Asian apartments in the city, I'm always just like, who's at the top? And I always just assumed that it'd be some 50-year-old Chinese dude that just, like, spends most of his life at the casino. <laughs> But they were just saying every time it's just like some dude walking up was just being like, Abdul's construction. Like he's always walking up there with really? like hookers and shit. <laughs> Actually, that is the life, man. That sounds good. <laughs> so it's tradies living like rappers. Yeah, it's tradies that are just gamed the system, which is that they've like gotten 10 other tradies to work for them. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a pyramid scheme of <laughs> yeah it is it is <laughs> and they're not even that old it's always like some dude that's like 26 damn what the fuck am i doing here um yeah, you're living an honest life neil that's the difference there's i think there's i think because even just from judging with like uh looking at the, the fodder of uh, a current affair over the years there is nothing more hated in our society than a tradie that's ripping you off. People despise that person. I don't know why that's so much more egregious to people than like a lawyer doing it 
or some some other profession, maybe an accountant, who knows. It's so true because lawyers get up, will probably get away with so much more. They could potentially. And politicians, but there's something... You know what I think it is? It's kind of like they do studies where uh, if they show one little girl that's poverty-stricken, everyone wants to donate to her. As soon as they put her with someone else, the donations dramatically decrease. And when it's a large group of people, no one wants to it decreases even more. And when it's a whole country or a, a, a larger population, no one wants to donate. Mm. But there's something, there's a human connection when it's just that one little girl, mm. and more so a little girl than a little boy. Mm. If, if, if that image is shown to you, you want to give them charity. I, I assume, <laughs> I don't know why, but the reverse, where you, it's easy to hate that one face than it is to hate yeah. an entire profession of people. Well, and that's the other thing, I guess, is because they're, first of all, you don't really understand what the lawyers are doing and you don't really know how much that is. But there's just yeah. something very visceral about them just coming in and being like, yeah, the price of Russia are uh, $3,000. You're like, fuck off, that costs $3,000, yeah, you yeah. can't. And they fuck it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nah. Well, well I, you know what? I actually do feel bad for them because I remember just ragging on one, and <laughs> everybody else afterwards was just like, it was actually really reasonable. All, like, heaps of plumbers and and stuff were just being like, "Man, I fucking hate these cunts. Eh? They give us all a bad name." So they do definitely pigeonhole it because that's the whole thing. Like, it's it's just like that thing of just when you meet a German, the first thing you think is Hitler. It's like that happens when you meet an electrician or a plumber. You just think like, you're going to rip me off. You're not wrong. (laughs) Every single interaction I have with one, I just assume I'm... You know what? I'm resigned to the fact that I'm being ripped off. I just hope that I'm not getting ripped off too Too much. much. That's what happens. So they've really fucked it for everyone, haven't they? And I think it might wow. be just a specifically Australian thing because that, that's like a really Aussie thing to hate wow, the, Dodge tradies. The dodgy tradie are like the ISIS terrorists that have just ruined it for the whole they have. profession. In fact, actually, I've got a video coming out about it. So, like, I can't really talk. I'm just, like, capitalizing about off that stereotype. ISIS? No. About, have you joined about, ISIS? Could you fucking... Maybe I should just to generate more headlines. Like, You've been radicalized. Like a, yeah. Dude, that'll be... I just laugh. But you know what else as well? Like, if you ever did ISIS, like, I mean, it's like definitely a point that's been said a million times before, but it's definitely true. At that point, there's not much that, like, you know, the uh, the, the the social justice warrior crew can say to you. What do you mean? Like, I just don't think that they'd attack you anymore. Like, they can't just be like, you're a racist. It's just like, dude, I'm in ISIS. Like... <laughs> Like, yeah, I guess I am. I guess I am by your metric, but not for the reasons that you're saying I am. Yeah, you you get to a point where even they don't want to attack you. It's always just the same thing. It's just like I've always got that in the pocket when people are just like, you can't do Chinese accents. It's just like you will not find a commentator in this country that is more pro-China than me. Like there's there's definitely little deflections like that that you can use. Yeah, yeah, I always say come to a show there will be whatever demographic you think i'm being mean to there will be more of that demographic at my show than any other comedian that's not part of that demographic i can get yeah. i can get i would bet money on that yeah yeah you're always doing that and the, and, and it just shows every time like it's just 
It's it's what you were just saying before. Can we just stop? We stop listening to this teeny little demographic of really pale cunts that went to private schools. So did something? Did you <laughs> wait? You got you were drinking and you said something on Twitter. Is oh, I said millions of things. I said I said so many things. But the thing is, like, what did you? Okay, so. Uh, this will be a few weeks after when this podcast comes out. But what what did you say on the podcast? Look, I can't even remember because I was like hammered. And why were but you? I can why, why were you? Because you don't drink. Because we were doing like a booze review before that because they always click well. So we're doing that, and then I was just like, "Well, the party's already started. I'll just keep this going and then go live on Twitch." How hammered were you? Like, what? How much had you had to drink? I was plastered, man. I, I tried like. Eight different drinks before I went on. All of them just like a swig each, which is definitely like a shot. So, it was like eight shots in before I went on. And then like we were just Damn. sitting there and we're just like, yeah, pour it. And then I didn't even realize this. We were drinking. This is fucked. We were drinking something that we just kept sitting there being like, this is terrible. This is the worst booze I've ever had in my life. It was cooking wine. It was just they were all Asian <laughs> drinks. So, we couldn't read. We couldn't what read what was fuck? on it. <laughs> you were drunk off cooking wine. Yeah. It was, of course, you're gonna say something stupid. I know. What'd you say? But the thing is, the thing is, with all of these things, and I'm always saying that are quote unquote stupid. You know what the uh, argument always comes down to at the end? It's always just like that's insensitive. That's all they've got. Like when you really boil everything down to it, it's just like you, while you were plastered, didn't word something nicely to me. What? <laughs> so what did you say? It was like. Many things that I said that were like fucking racy as fuck, but like I, I'll I'll defend them all because I all think that they're like factually true. Okay, uh, go from a, a list of uh, say the top few, but get to the best one. Okay, it was like <laughs> well, like see, this is the thing that is amazing. Okay, because we'll go through I'll these and I will just say, but I'll just say like how how fucking extreme. All of these views are outright before we get to the one that, like, just, like, set Twitter alight. Yeah. Because, like, and again, like, as I was just always saying on this podcast, like, I'm sorry, I just must sound so bitter to everybody there. I do normally enjoy my life. Uh, it's just recently there's just been, like, a lot of a lot more pressure that's been put on and, like, every word that you say is just, like, put under a microscope, taken out of context, given to an audience that hates you regardless. Headlines are generated. That's just the thing that happened and I've just Go on the haven't attack. gotten to that point yet where I've just realized that I can't just run my mouth with you. But the thing is, I'm just not going to not do it. I'm just going to still run my mouth. But like, if you give them too much to attack you about, then they can't attack you anymore. Well, there's that, there's that argument. And then the other argument that everybody that works for me is always saying is just being like, that's not how cancel culture works. They just keep finding little things and they just get like that little demographic shaves off and that little demographic gets shaved off and that little demographic gets shaved off. You probably get new demographics though. Maybe. That's what I'm always saying is just like, dude, I think that the average person that listens to my points, every time like they are angry at me or whatever... What they're actually angry at with me every time is like, it's just bad optics to say that. You shouldn't say that because it's bad optics. Yeah, but that but, culture's wrong. And yeah, I know. And you know what else you is fucked? You need people to just I, say stuff. Yeah, because I was just thinking about that point that you were saying about free speech before. And you were just saying that there's just like taboos in every culture. Hmm. Those taboos in our culture are exactly the same as what you were talking about where, like, it just got to the point where you thought, like, yeah, obviously you can behead someone for making a picture. That's just common change, you know? That that definitely does happen to the point that, like, with this, like, 
uh, constant foo-for-all that's happening right now. Like, the, the whole thing was, like, the Daniel Andrews government... I'll go back and, like, talk about the other ones in a sec, but, like, the Daniel Andrews government is cutting down a tree that uh, the Aboriginal community... I can't remember the name of them. Because I was just all reading this, like, ages ago, and then I said on a podcast... There was just, like, it just went live... And it was just my producer sitting there just being like, don't talk about that tree. And I was like, why? What's so bad about it? It was just like, it'll just, it, it's just not worth the fucking headache. Just don't talk about it. And I was just like, fine. And I didn't talk about it. So everybody on fucking Twitch was like, talk about the tree. And so the little cunts took advantage of me while I was hammered. And they just came back and I was just like, now talk about it. And I was like, well, this is the best of both worlds, isn't it? This is something yeah. that we know is going to like blow up. And also, uh, like, I'm definitely not going to be saying this eloquently. And it was like at the end of the pod. So I was like really hammered. But anyway, like I still don't even think that what I was saying was bad. Like it's just they're saying that this like there's this particular tree that is uh, sacred in Victoria for this indigenous community. I was looking at the science before. The reason that they're clearing that tree is because like it's around a highway that has had 11 deaths, I think this year. And so they're just like, well, we got to do something about that can't just let people die on a fucking dangerous highway. So they're going through another one and they have to clear this tree. They're saying it's sacred. You look into the, like what the arborists and tree scientists are saying about it. The tree's 100 years old. Yeah. There's no way it can be a sacred tree if it's 100 years old. It's just mistaken. And then everybody's just like, that's culturally insensitive. Maybe. Maybe it's culturally insensitive. No. But that's the facts. So... Like, we're at this crossroads here. No, dude, it's like the beheading thing, all right? Everyone is so... I'm not a Christian, but everyone is so quick to jump on Christians and say, oh, that's anti-scientific, that's uh, irrational, that's dogmatic. But as soon as it comes to certain cultures and certain religions, namely Islam and the dream time... No one says anything. No one says anything. They're just as irrational and just as anti-scientific. I know. Do you care about science or do you care about power? Which is exactly... Which is a very nebulous term that they just throw out there. Strange, isn't it? Because, like, it's not like... Dude, just by saying that, like, you know, that tree isn't sacred, isn't an attack on an entire culture, it's just so stupid. And the thing is that, like, the the reason that this whole... uh, thing has been turned into something is it's it's an attack on the andrews government it's to sit there and get environmentalists to say look they're t- they're cutting down a tree they're anti the environment this is the same government that has just made old growth logging in victoria illegal mm. uh also just making phasing out uh native forestry like that government is anti that like uh, it's too far away from my mind, but like all of the programs that they've installed to assist the indigenous community of Victoria, and they're sitting there just being like yeah, anti the indigenous people. It's it's a point. It's a it's a symbolic point, and this is like something that I always have gripes with. I suppose I just fucking something about symbols piss me off. I really hate that there's just like, you know, like the, the, the swastika sticker is just like, you can't put that up. It's like, why? It's a fucking flag, you know? Or like, you know, just being like, that's, don't, don't make fun of that cross, that Christian cross. That's offensive to Christians. It's, I've never understood emotional significance and uh, sacred beliefs and things like that either to my detriment throughout yeah. high school and uh, later years. But yeah, I mean, you can respect a person but you can also think their beliefs are stupid. That's, People that's, just tie in their personal yeah. identity with their beliefs. 
So I don't, you know, women aren't allowed to play the didgeridoo. Like that's oh, that's blatantly sexist. You, you can say that. can't argue with that. But I know. And I also understand. Yeah, this is a group of people that were vehemently oppressed throughout history. It doesn't mean you just say. That yeah, it doesn't mean that like sexist. all of that their beliefs were sexist. correct. But dude, you, like, you give belief. credit where it's due. Like I'm constantly giving credit to the fact that the indigenous population were the only popular uh, human uh, civilization in human history to have improved an environment. Yes, if you read, right? have you read um, Dark Emu? No, it's really good. But. I'm assuming that's what it's about. Yeah, it's a lot about the agriculture and the society, and uh, it's different. A lot of his points are talking about how the the it's a misconception to say that indigenous populations were a hunter gatherer society. They were far more advanced. But after having read *Sapiens*, I don't think hunter gatherer societies are less advanced. You know, I think a lot of agrarian societies. The, the hierarchy is more pronounced and it's more complex, but the people at the bottom of that hierarchy um, are doing it far worse than hunter-gatherers. Yeah. So uh, there's that. But, yes, it's found all sorts of different accounts from the settlers and things and, and, and really delves into the culture. And it, it, there are amazing things about the culture. Uh, but you got to criticise it where it deserves criticism. If you have an yeah, instrument and saying, okay, one gender is allowed to play the instrument and one isn't, it's just sexist. There's no other culture <laughs> that would get away with that. Um, and I understand, you know, having some sort of significance to the about the environment and an emotional attachment to it, but... Yeah, look, dude, my, my point day, is like... Yeah, a it, tree is a tree. A tr- yeah, like my uh, my... My my real railing against it, I guess, is just like it's so wanky to say this, but I guess it is just, just like the, the, the inner karmic in me, which is just like, dude, I really hate societal hypnosis. No, every comedian that gives so-called oppressed cultures a free pass, I don't think are real comedians. No, they're not. You've got to go after every belief that you deem it's irrational. Yeah, that's and worthy of criticism. They're not. Yeah, you're just you're you're sanitizing your role, and obviously that role comes with pushback. And I get that. It's just like I understand that. That's just par for the course. It's really weird because like it just depends on who's commenting. Because like your 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 average audience member just listened to like my podcast and was just like he's drunk, and also like I expect him to say loose shit because he's a comedian. Right, like so they ex- put you in that role, huh? You're not wrong with what you said. Well, that's the other thing, right? Like the the only criticism that you can give it is it's insensitive, and like, dude, I can't even argue with that. If you think that that's insensitive, that's your value judgment. You exactly. can say that. There's like, fine. Yeah, yeah. That's that's like that's your opinion, man. And that's a fair criticism from people who do participate in what you would call broadly cancel culture. Yeah, they are just using their free speech to say things like that was insensitive or that may have hurt some people who adhere to this particular ideology. That's fine. You're allowed to say that. And then if that many people believe it was so insensitive that they stopped following you, that's their right to do so. So there's nothing inherently wrong with, quote, unquote, cancel culture, I suppose. But I haven't heard what you said, but it sounds 
fine to you know i i would probably agree i'd have to hear it in context that was pretty much just that it was like it was like dude like you know it's it's just your point of the fact that like it's so weird to me that christianity or islam can be attacked for having like the story of adam and eve and being anti science, like, yeah, 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 but like you know, it, it, when it comes to like any other religion or something like that, say, say it was like Hinduism, say it's like the Dreamtime or something, and you're just like, dude, there wasn't some flying snake, you know, like that wasn't there. Obviously, what's actually really cool is that they were living around the same time as like giant wombats and shit. But again, that's <laughs> that's the science part. Yeah, I. That's pretty much it. Couldn't it's agree just, with you more. That's that's it's like it's yeah. it's actually like a really boring argument to have because there's like nothing really there. It's just manufactured outrage from people that just sit there waiting to clip me um, for anything. And so like it's just become like a running joke with both of these podcasts, I guess. Um, so like there's there's nothing there. I just, like honestly, it just doesn't really it hasn't affected me for years. Uh, I, I just kind of talk about it because, like, it's just a thing that everyone's like, what was that all about? And so you just have to discuss it, I guess. But the other things that I was just saying, like, th- think about this as well. Like, th- this is how you know what, like, a, a cultural taboo is, right? I was saying in that podcast, uh, you know, Stalin's death toll isn't that high. <laughs> I was saying, like, Mao's death toll isn't that high. I was saying, like, the potato famine was sort of, like, it's like it's it's like a rich tapestry of things. Like, basically, right. I was just sitting there and saying, like, the, the reason that there's, like, all these massive death tolls in the, 21st, in the 20th century is not, like, what people are imagining there. That it was just, like, someone just sat there and shot someone in the head 50 million times over. It was because of famines. And famines do happen. They could be, like, helped or, like, exacerbated by economic policy and things like that. But after wars, usually there is famines. Okay, that's something I don't know enough about to comment on. But I have heard that Stalin is uh, responsible for 20 million deaths, something like that. And, like, you can say that because he was there when it was happening. And he was definitely responsible for a lot of deaths because it was, like, the gulags and stuff. But, like... The other thing that was happening was Russia was pretty much just like in the 19th century at the time in terms of technology. Germany was on its foot on its on its doorstep and that was the most advanced military on earth at the time. They were interested in invading. Stalin was just like fuck, we need to ramp this up. So he obviously installed like a lot of forced labor and shit like that and it was to just modernize the Russian economy to the point that it could even compete with Germany. And as a result of that, there was like really harsh economic uh, policies that we implemented. Um, that is not the same as what everybody thinks in their heads, where it was just sitting there, just being like, this person is a non-believer, kill him. Like, yeah, that did happen. That was not the result of like all 20 million of the deaths. And a huge part of that as well afterwards was the fact that after the war, because there was a war, there was massive, massive famines. Famines are the things that usually kill a lot of people. What are the sources that someone who may not be as well-versed in 20th century uh, USSR history can look into to verify this? I, I just honestly think that, like, this isn't even something that you need to look into. This is just, well, you need to look into it to, to, to get the broader picture or whatever. But this is just, like, 
This is stuff that you will see on Wikipedia. Like it's not, these are not controversial points, but what I'm saying is there is like a cultural hypnosis that you just hear this one point of like Mao killed 20 million people. Uh, Stalin killed, Mao killed 50 million people. You know, like Mm. it's just always that thing, but it's just like, there's a lot that went into that statistic. You know, or yeah, like okay. Pol Pot killed tw- two million so people. What like, were it's people like, upset about the fact that you said the death toll wasn't that bad? No, I was saying that like what he was actually responsible for mm. is not that number. Like that, that's what. But like the thing is, like what I'm saying there. If you actually unpack what I'm saying there, yeah. that should be way more controversial than me saying that tree is only a hundred years old. <laughs> Yeah. It's like that, but like I was like on that same podcast talking about that for like twenty minutes straight, just trying to make that one point about it, which is just like, uh, and it's the same point that I'm constantly trying to make, which is that like you are told a certain point of history because it suits the narrative of the people in power today. If you want to just go to like one tiny point, it's just like history is written by the victors yeah like you are always getting told the perspective of the people that won history it's the same reason why as you were pointing out before that julius caesar uh was trying to implement massive banking reform was trying to implement massive land reform wasn't remembered for that in history he was remembered for being power hungry and wanting to destroy the republic yeah right 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 okay but why is that? That doesn't seem like a controversial... It doesn't seem that controversial to me. That's what I'm saying, dude. Like, what I actually say with all of these things, it's not that controversial. I guess I'd say them, like, really bluntly and, uh, you know, like, insensitively or whatever because, like, it just, it's just, like, sorry, I just it's don't just care about up. that stuff. Like, yeah, I just say it. Um, but, like, I, I, to this day, everything that has ever... If you're not lying, that's the main thing. Don't you th- like, it's just like, it's not, I will apologize if something I've said is incorrect, factually incorrect. Yeah. But like, other than that, I really don't think that there is ever a reason that anyone should just apologize for saying what is true. Because this is the other thing that comes back a lot of the time. I, I just because agree. it's true doesn't mean you need to say it. I completely disagree with that. Who says that? So many people come Who up to me like like when that? I have these arguments with them and they're just like, well, you shouldn't have said it because it doesn't need to be said. Well, in, in talking about what? Like anything. Like that, that, for instance. Like that or the just tree, saying like or Stalin. The, the tree, Stalin. Like the other day I was just like on that same podcast, I was just being like Tibet was not this like paradise before the Chinese invaded it. It was actually like more oppressive than like feudal uh, medieval Europe. Like- that is a fact. It was like, it, it, it would have been one of the worst places on earth to have ever lived is Tibet pre-China. Uh, th- again, backed up by historical fact. We have like a bunch of missionaries from Europe just going in there, just being like, I've been to Africa. This is the worst shit I've ever seen in my life. You know, uh, there's just like the archaeological evidence of it of just like child torture implements. The fact that like they've got all these really? people on record just being like, uh, my wife, what, like they, 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 I remember like one of the missionaries asking someone like, why don't you have eyes and you have mangled hands? And he was just like, my landlord took my wife as a sex slave. I said, can you not? 
so he blinded me and mangled my hands. That was the society. <laughs> like it was, it was like it was absolute power to the priest class. Yeah, completely unquestioned. Right. Again, another thing that I was saying. Again, so someone should saying, be very huh. So someone said to you, just because it's true, don't, you don't need to say it. Yeah, because it, but like this it is the thing. Hurts their narrative then. I think that's that pretty much it. People nowadays, it's fashionable, I guess, to wherever there is a powerful country, they're always doing something bad. And yeah, the indigenous culture or the smaller culture that has less power. Everything is seen through the lens of power. So wherever there is less power, there can be no wrong done. Those cultures are perfect. No. Yeah, it's, that's that's pretty silly, actually. And and very selective as to what cultures are powerless. Yeah. It's always just very convenient what the cultures are for whatever the narrative suits. The best example that Chomsky's always putting out is that, like, Cambodia, yes, two million people died. Yes, a lot of that was due to forced labor. Yes, that a lot of that was due to, like, horrendous torture. But you know where else? There was all three of those ingredients where just as many people died. Indonesia, at exactly the same time. No mentioning of it at all. None. Well, like, okay, the New York Times always just does their little trick of being like, what are you talking about? We wrote this article in 1979 on a fucking Thursday. In, in like on page 32 but then you just look at it and you look at like that had one article written about it Cambodia under Pol Pot had 6,000 articles written about it why because it's convenient to the US's narrative the US uh, didn't have a stake in Cambodia so they could just sit there being like oh my god this is horrible this death is happening here the US was funding the genocide that was happening in Indonesia so obviously there's not going to be any written shit about it. But you don't get that. You you just get like the, the glaze throughout history is everybody just goes to uh, fucking uh, Cambodia to this day to go to, I can't remember what it's called, like the whatever the killing fields are or whatever. They go there as like a grim tourist thing, just being like, this is tragic, this is awful. That's like what their tourism industry is based off. Meanwhile, people go to fucking Bali where there was like some of the biggest like communist intern camps in the entire country there people just have a fucking party you know like it's it's Gosh. completely just based on like the idea of like who does and doesn't have power a lot of that is just completely manufactured yeah well okay so like i i don't know i just i i'm always just of the opinion it's actually really interesting i'm glad that you've been thinking about this neil it's like just Like, I, I just really don't think that you should ever be sitting there and coddling, uh, like, narratives that make you feel good. But I, don't, I don't think that that's a, a healthy thing to do for a society. To a certain degree, doesn't everyone's narrative that they adhere to make that they're adhering to it because it makes them feel good? Yeah, we all have our biases, and we all have a narrative in our mind, and uh, it gives us a sense of purpose and meaning, and it makes us feel good. Yeah, definitely. But like, speaking of Tibet, that's like one of the biggest Buddhist teachings there are. Like the whole of your life, you should be constantly trying to rid yourself of delusion. Hmm. So you have to be open to inquiry and critique of your ideologies but more so you have to be 
inquiring and critiquing your own beliefs and the way you think. Which is honestly a lot of what I do when I'm just a comedian. I suppose I'm just externalize it like all comedians. But really when I'm talking about these like harsh truths or whatever, the reason that I feel compelled to talk about them is because I used to believe the narrative. And I looked into it and I found that the narrative was not the reality. I think that's just a healthier way to go about life. You get better, more accurate maps. And it's not even just the thing of like, even if you're just going to sit there and say like, why don't you just not talk about this uncomfortable truth? Just don't mention it at all. Maybe, maybe that's an easier way to get along in life. But also just exercising that muscle. Yeah, you want to go through some exposure therapy there. Don't you think? Like any time that you ever see one just being like, that's what that like I looked at more evidence this is probably what is more likely to have happened it's it's really yeah it's it's not actually a very that that applies to people's personal lives as well yeah if you have a victim narrative or if you have the narrative that wrongs were done unto you when the reality is probably you probably contributed to your situation as well mm. and you need to Constantly inquire and self-analyze to understand the truth or get as close to the truth or at the very least closer to the truth than your narrative will have you believe. Yeah. It's a... I think that's 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 actually the reason for it. It's just the practice mm. of doing it. That's why a society where... People are offending and upsetting and mocking each other. Ultimately, could be a better one because you're constantly being exposed to your fallacies and any untruths that may exist. So, what's left now? You you, you can make the argument that something has to remain sacred, and a society without any sacred cows and with zero sensitivities is a is a society that values nothing. I'd be open to that argument. But show me somewhere where the correlation between, uh, I guess, ideological exposure therapy, where people are constantly critiquing, questioning, challenging everyone's ideas, um, and just a better standard of living in in a more prosperous society. Show me where that correlation doesn't hold true. Now, that could be my narrative. I could have been led to believe that, Things like free speech or, uh, you, you know, cultural liberalism are conducive to a better society. But I'm, I'm always open to that being challenged. That's the difference. I don't hold it as some sort of sacred belief. If someone wants to come and say, no, this is why, like, an authoritarian communist government would be better. I'd Well, my initial reaction would be like, all right, here we go. But I will listen. You do definitely do that. I won't. You I actually won't. pride yourself on that. But that's, dude, that's something to pride yourself on. I think everyone should strive for that. I think that's it. Yeah, like, like I don't even think that that's actually like a, that in itself is a sacred cow. That in itself is a sacred <laughs> cow. So you're not even like doing that. It's just like this, this striving for what's true. Yeah, what's actually I've, fucking true? Definitely, like that's actually like something yeah. that I'm very interested in in life. Yeah, I think that is why I'm so interested in the propaganda model. I just like knowing what's real. Yeah, and and you then have to start reading people that you would otherwise have dismissed. So, 
Hell, even four or five years ago, I probably wouldn't have read Noam Chomsky. Mm. I would have thought oh, it's just that like activist bullshit. But then, no, reading it, it, it opened my eyes to some things. And don't you think that that I happens? I read a Clementine Ford book the other day, and there were points where I thought, oh, she makes a good point. What well, was it? Boys will be boys. Yeah. Did you get it on ebook or have you got it? I got the audio book. Oh, right. Okay. So yeah, I listened to it. Yeah. Because yeah. that's it, man. Like, it's just like, I think after a while, it's always the same case. It's just like, look, the people that are actually like, at, like outraged at the moment for whatever the, like, it's just like every time they're just like, seriously outraged. You look at them and every time they always just have such dumb points. And it's just like, that's the whole thing. I think after a while, like, you don't get, no, things still do outrage me, but I think the things that outrage me have changed and they're, they're, they're just coming from a place of just knowing more about it, I guess. But, like, in in general, nothing that anyone ever says outrages me. Like, anyone that, like, I, I don't think I can remember the last time that, like, someone, even even this now, to this point, like, the, the people that are around me all the time, there is one thing that you can't say about them. They're definitely not yes men. Like, they're constantly criticizing me all the time to the point that it's like, yeah, okay, it's draining just in the sense of like, can we just have a different vibe for once? Like, <laughs> What are they criticizing that? you about? Are these are these the people you work with? Yeah, yeah, just like, you know, that was a shit video. That was a shit statement. Like that, really? that sucked. That joke was terrible. Like it's just, it's never anything positive ever. Um, and like that's that's actually like, again, I-, I it Might be a good thing though. And- I think it's a good thing. Hmm. I think it's a better thing to have people around you that are constantly just saying that, like, not building up a delusion. After a while, I mean, there's something to be said about this is a, this is a concept in self help, uh, negative self talk. So if you're inundated and bombarded with disparaging comments and criticism, it can affect your self worth if you're not practicing positive self-talk so if you're just constantly being told you're a piece of shit every day you wake up you're a piece of shit you suck you can't do anything then yeah that will take an emotional toll eventually yes if but if you don't talk to yourself yes and that is a different so that's in a sort of interpersonal context that is very different to an ideology being criticized or a sacred belief being criticized. Mm. I mean, sure, if someone's just constantly harping on about, this is stupid, you know, this belief is dumb, it's retarded, fuck you, and every day just just uh, bullying you about it. No, that's just weird. I don't know why you would do that. Mm. But if you want to make a point, that shouldn't be disallowed in the realm of appropriate discourse. There should just be different tiers. The people who are like very fragile can talk about whatever they want to talk about. They can talk about their fairies. And then the people who are moderately um, fragile can talk about people and can talk about what they deem is insensitive. And then people who aren't snowflakes can talk <laughs> about whatever they want to talk about. Why should we have to sort of appease the sensitivities of people who clearly don't have a adequate psychological mindset to contribute to intelligent conversation 
Because I don't want to do that. I think that that's pretty much it. It's just like most of the people that talk to you, uh, fuck, you're so right, man. That's exactly pretty much what happens. Most of the criticism that you get uh, really is either from dumb people or people just saying like, you should be saying this to appease those dumb people. Yeah. And then you got to be, uh, you've got to permit criticism upon you because otherwise that would be very hypocritical. So the way to deal with that is think about, okay, if I was trying to criticize me, what would I say? All right, these are the things I'm still slightly insecure about. I'd say that, I'd say that, I'd say that. Am I fine? Yeah, I'm fine. So they can say it. Hmm. He reminds me of that final battle in 8 Mile. You know when Eminem comes out and he says, this is what this guy's going to say. Yes, I am a bum. I do live in a trailer with my mom. You can kiss my white ass. Like He's just taken away that person's power. Mm, mm, mm. That's where I think self-deprecating humor to a degree is very effective. You know, in your videos, if you're... You always make fun of yourself to a certain degree. I'm trying to make fun of myself in most of my videos as well because it shows that I'm not sort of protected by some magical ego and and it isn't fragile where if there's one crack, I can't handle anything. Yeah, you, you can throw your barbs at me. I don't, I don't it, really get affected. Yeah, I think that's the best way to... Self-deprecating humor is such a good tool for diffusing situations, isn't it? Yeah, the ability to laugh at oneself is actually... It's evident of self-worth more than a lack of self-esteem. If you do an entire comedy show just on how much you're a piece of shit, yeah, then you probably are a piece of shit, but... Yeah, I I hate those stand-up shows. It's like like everything with stand-up, isn't it? It's just like... Dude, get more than one shtick. Yeah. You need to have, like, things that you can pepper in. Absolutely. But if you're able to look inwards and and talk about your foibles and your flaws, because everyone has it, no one's perfect, and talk about it in a way that presents it in a very humorous lie, you're showing that you're comfortable with who you are. It comes back to what you're saying about when you're 30. You just don't care anymore. Whatever you were insecure about earlier in your life, you stop caring. Mm. I think I'm get I'm getting to that point. There's still a few things that may cause a bit of internal unrest. This is really specifically targeted, but no one would know that except people I'm really close with. Anyway, if people the usual things people say to me anyway on the internet, oh he's not funny, he's dumb. He's right wing. Uh, he does accents. <laughs> Just like none of the. He used to be funny. All of that sort of stuff. Like I don't. I don't care. Yeah, I try to have that cosmic perspective. I still got hundreds of thousands of followers. I do not give a fuck. <laughs> And also, this is something else that I think just is like a general piece of criticism to people that are always going, or if they ever go through this in life, dude. Just understand this. If someone has a problem with you, they're going to write a comment. If they don't have a problem with you, they're not going to write a comment. So you always just look at the views in comparison to the comments. And if like 100,000 people have said, like have have watched it, and there's like 100 negative comments, and you're usually used to like 30 negative comments, that still means that like 100,000 people didn't have a problem. And 
you know what it is, right? I don't. <laughs> I keep making parallels between you and Eminem, but I have to do this because in the Eminem show, he talks about how all these black rappers before him said all the things that he was being vehemently criticized about in the early 2000s that he's such misogynistic and he swears and he's uh, a bad influence to the youth but because he was so big that's when people had a problem with it the same is evident with you the only reason they're getting upset at the things you've said which are commonly held beliefs illustrated all throughout the populace but because you have a platform, because you are big, because you have influence, that's what's upset, upsetting people. Mm. The fact that, oh, this is someone I sometimes follow, but he's saying something that I don't like. True. I'm going to emotionally blackmail him into not saying that. But you know what else as well? I think that like, yes, that's definitely true. That, that that happens the more you get. But the thing is, like, dude, if, you, if you're going to use Eminem as an example, <laughs> don't you think that the average person, their view of Eminem is, yeah, he's dope. Now, I don't know that he has now, this constant view because he just pretty much was the first, I suppose, person to be like an in... Not the first, but like uh, the very select few people back then that had that sort of internet culture of just like constant criticism of just like, you should be ashamed of yourself. You should apologize. Like he was one of those people. So he's just mm. dealing with the demons of like 20 years of that and Dude. no one else that kind of like understood how it was. People picketed his concerts and things. Yeah. Like very extreme stuff. But the thing is, yeah, his concerts might have been picketed by 100 people, but 50,000 people were going to the concert. Yeah, so you have it's, to look at. It, yeah, it's, you're right. It's just an aggregate thing. But I think that that's just the main point is that, like, most people are pretty fucking reasonable. As in, I've done videos paying out RV Yemeni in the past or whatever, but I don't hate the guy. I think he's, like, I think he's pretty fucking funny. <laughs> like, I watch some of his content and I just laugh at things. It's just like, yeah, it's just like if he's going to sit there and just be like, climate change is a myth. I'm just like, well, you force my hand. But like, it's not, but even when I'm just doing that, it's not even like, and I'm someone who actually does criticize him. I I really don't fucking hate the guy. Like, it's just like, I think that like there are people that are just like, fuck RV Yemeni, man. Like, fucking, he's a racist. I want you, like, he's just a negative, like that that kind of shit. But like. He's a good voice. There's no one else out, out there sort of saying the things he says. So. You shouldn't take anything anyone says as gospel, but he does expose people to certain ideas that they wouldn't have otherwise been exposed to. And he really exposed Jim Jeffries. Damn. He made Jim Jeffries look like an idiot. See? And that whole show. They just, it, it was so obvious. They clipped him out of context. And even in the interview, it was so obvious. And he had two phones filled. Look, he did well there. That was that needed to be said about the talk shows. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, it's just like a. I. I. And, and but like, I think that most people. I think a lot of that stuff is always just like very overinflated. I think that most people don't actually have like this psychopathic hatred of someone or like this. This, this you know, like comes out so, of fear. I think. What you were saying a few podcasts ago where they did a brain scan on people who were offended at jokes mm. 
and they felt threatened by the joke. They felt mm. like their their very existence was at stake. Mm. I think it's the same thing with certain views. People feel like their existence is at stake. Mm. Like they're mm. just very fragile people. That That's an actual comment you'll hear. You're allowed to debate issues. You're not allowed to debate my existence. No one is debating your existence. What kind of a narcissistic, idiotic thing to say? Yeah, that is weird. You are a human being and you exist. No one is debating that. (laughs) People are debating the scientific foundations of certain sociological identities. They're not debating your existence. What a moronic thing to say. that's, That's so idiotic. It's really, yeah, fuck. Look, the the, the the big takeaway, though, is just, like, the, those people are just, like, hyper-inflated as to what percentage of the population they are. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. Because they're so the ones true. that are actually just sitting there just being like, I'm going to build a profile just based purely on me. Like, well, that's never going to work in the first place. Somewhat, are people doing that? Well, that's pretty much fucking, like, all of those people, like, you, you, your constant Twitter social justice brigade or something. It's just like, I believe in these six things that are, like, pretty much directly related to me. Why am I getting a bigger following? Like, they, <laughs> they so they, <laughs> yeah, they, they, yeah they, I, I, but, like, the, that's a. All right, well, let me, okay, because I was looking at your tweets the other day. What? If I was putting myself in their shoes, I'm trying to think. Um, why criticize that ABC Four Corners report if they were, even if they didn't do it to the degree that you were hoping for? Why still criticize people that are sort of uncovering the same sort of things that you would have wanted to uncover? Because that's the whole point. Not to the same degree. And that shows that they're completely compromised. And that, again, is bad. Because this is the whole thing. Like, like, this is something that I see all the time with people that are like... Yeah. I don't know, it's so stupid, but like on my side or whatever. They they always say something like... They'll, they'll, they'll just be like, yeah, you went really hard on this person. That's mad. Oh, no, you went hard on someone that I like. No, no, you can't do that. Let me explain why. Let's have a, let's have a conversation about this. Fuck off. Dude, the reason that I am able to go hard on that guy is because I'm able to go hard on that guy. I'm bringing that energy. That's... Sorry. That's just like the person that I am to begin with. So you can't like it's just so weird that they're just like it's 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 actually like just getting angry at a zebra for like doing what a zebra does and being like well, why did I have to eat that grass over there like it's just like because well, it's a fucking zebra like it's the same thing but uh, yeah like when they're just talking about it with um yeah just being like they they had a go no they most certainly did not what what was it? like that report and I can't go into that now but I will go into it at some point. So filtered, so filtered. And again, what does that do? It's the point that we're talking about in this entire podcast it is building a lie. I don't think that anyone should ever be building a lie. That's my opinion. If you are just withholding huge parts of the truth, that is the equivalent of a lie, especially when it comes to like a national scale. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and so you're affirmative that they know the full extent, but they're not willing to... Oh, it's a it's a Report. well 
well-known thing within journalistic circles, circles. And so the fact that they didn't do that, just so chicken shit. But again, like it, it shows, yeah, it shows your values. That's the other thing that I really hate about this stuff. It really shows I value my job over the truth, even though my job is to tell the truth. Okay. Yeah. That is the, the yeah. most irksome thing I have ever seen in my life. Like that nothing angers. That's why I get such vehement hatred for journalists, but also like, you know, really, really love the ones that do their job, but there's so few of them. There's so, so few of them. That's pretty much it. Mm. They they really are supposed to be... No, I, I will say this. I will say what I think journalists are, I think they're just the historians of now. They're, they're the current historians of now. And I think that historians actually just... Look, it's in the word story. Like... They tell stories. And in fact, that's what like journalism even says. Like they just say like, this is the story we're going with. Uh, I think that okay. like what has been built up recently is that journalists are supposed to tell the truth. And I think that that's like, I would really like them to do that. But now that I think about it, it's probably like, it's, it's again, I'm just buying into a narrative that isn't there. They don't do that. They, they are just propagandists. They just have a different word for it. Okay. Anyway, yeah, that's it. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, but I'm glad that you you brought this up because it's actually like a very very important point. Just to hammer it again. What the free speech thing? Not the free speech thing. It's just like, dude, truth is a really important thing to strive for in life. It is never a bad thing to strive for. Like okay. It's, there is never. There should never be this point ever. I think. In, it just completely hinders human development to sit there and say, you didn't have to say that truth. That's the wrong angle. I don't know who's saying that, but that's a weird thing to say. And it's just weak. Yeah, it's weak. At the end of the day, that's what it is. Uh, look, one final thing, because I want to finish on a um, subscriber question, but because uh, we talk, this is a thing I notice on when it comes to issues of the culture war. When people start complaining about how sensitive people are, they end up just looking kind of petulant and sensitive themselves by complaining so much and almost getting offended about people who are getting offended. So it may have come across that way, but I think venting and expecting certain views to be expunged from social media or from any reasonable discourse are two different things. So you can complain, you can vent, you can criticize as much as you want, but saying you shouldn't have said that. We're not saying, okay, those people who are saying you shouldn't have said that. We're not saying they shouldn't be saying that. We're just telling them they're stupid. And there is there's a distinct difference there, okay? Because we are not policing nor are we silencing anyone. So there's just I just want to make that distinction because I think it's important because that's a another criticism level at people who might be having conversations like us. Well, well, you're just getting triggered at people who are getting triggered. Well, it's fine to be triggered. It's fine to be upset. It's fine to be offended. What you do with that is the key. Are you then going to tell telling people 
You shouldn't have said that. You should be silenced. We're not doing that. At no point in this podcast were we saying, okay, they shouldn't have said that. They. You could argue that implicitly we may be saying, but again, I'm not. No, if, if that's how you feel, if you feel that, oh, some truth shouldn't be spoken, you're allowed to express how you feel, but then the way we feel is that that's stupid. So we're saying it's stupid, but we're not saying it should be silence. If that makes sense. Yeah, I just course. think it's important to make that distinction. Otherwise, you come across we we can come across as looking very hypocritical. No, I don't think that there's anything hypocritical about that. It's not like because again, like it's not even a thing of. I think that really what we're doing anyway is not not necessarily just sitting there and being like "fuck them," they fucking like yeah, that's part of it. But the other part is that you're actually just sitting there and extrapolating like a bigger idea out of it. Anyway, like it's that, that's that's a good point. That, that's yes. like that's that's some of the dressing that's there yeah. that like kind of needs to be it. pointed out. And like, yeah, it's it's a thing that, yeah, you, there's a billion of these podcasts of comedians sitting around just being like, fuck, <laughs> I, know, I got <laughs> pissed off at that joke. I know, <laughs> but like, so, like, dude, it's so typical. It's so typical. It's, it should be a parody podcast, right? Now. <laughs> I know. Um, Man, can you believe I said this? And then someone on Twitter, even though all these thousands of people liked it, this one person on Twitter said they didn't like it. Uh, that made me really upset. So I just... <laughs> and I'll admit I fall into that trap as well. But, again, this is something I'm very careful about. It's always being self-critical and self-analytical. And I do understand that sometimes even I can fall in that trap. But I want to make that distinction. Venting is very different to silencing. All right, well, uh, let's end on a subscriber question. If you want to subscribe, neilcolhacker.com slash podcast. <clears throat> this one comes from Corey. He says, how do you guys schedule? You both seem pretty hyperproductive as evident with all the content you both release each week. How do you sustain that without overworking yourselves? <laughs> you are very overworked. I think it would be helpful for your audience if you both go into detail explaining a typical day. Also curious if either of you have read Atomic Habits by James Clear. You have. I, ha- I haven't read that one. Atomic Habits is great. A really good self-help book that puts emphasis on setting daily habits rather than focusing He's on right. goals. Yep. Good on you, man. Well, I just... It's, a, it's good to look at the bigger picture and have a larger plan, but if you can't sort of set your day in order... It comes down to that same metaphor of like clean your room, clean your room. But if you can't organize your day, what makes you think you can organize your life? Look, I am by no means perfect in organizing my day, but I think that it's exactly what you're saying, man, with the uh, doing atomic habits. I'm very glad that you've read that. That was a that was actually something. There's there's very few books in self help that add something to the genre of self help, but that one did. Okay, well I got a. Well, it's just like the idea that if you're going to the gym, don't even go to the. If you're starting to get into the habit of going to the gym, don't even go to the gym and start lifting weights. Just get into the habit of going to the gym. Yeah. And just make it in your head. I'm only going to stay there for five minutes, and then mm. eventually you just start lifting weights because you're there. Yeah. So it becomes a habit. Yeah. Um. Routine is paramount. You want to get into a routine. Uh. So, like, what you want is just, like, uh, like because, look, I do not organize my days as much as I used to. And, I like, that. that is something that I really beat myself up about as well. I definitely should be doing that. Um, but what I will say is, thank God, 
thank God that when I was in my 20s, I used to regiment every single day because I think that this is what happens as well. You start regimenting every single day and making every day important in your head by regimenting it. And then after a while, every day does become fucking important because that's another thing that happens with like Mm. uh, scheduling at the moment. It's just like I just sometimes I can't stick to a schedule. Like just shit hits the fan or like some stuff. Yeah. Like I have to take like important calls or like you gotta that, be adaptable, that does happen. Of course. You definitely have to be adaptable. Uh, that's no excuse for me. I've been very bad with it recently, but I will say like what you're saying with the atomic habits thing, if you start getting into the habit of scheduling your life, you, you'll, you just become automatically more scheduled. Uh-huh. It's important to start scheduling your life. And if you slip on the wayside, it's kind of like the same with uh, going to the gym. It's, easier to maintain a fit body than it is to work off fat oh yeah yeah yeah. so yeah, it's yeah. the same thing that happens with that it's like you have the residue of your successes in the past of that that go on yes. and you want to make sure the days where you feel the least motivated are those are the days you really need to push yourself to go N- not just with the gym even days where you're trying to work now i'll i'll, I'll, I'll first say that uh, i am in a very luxurious position I work for myself. Uh, I don't have to supplement my income with any other day-to-day job. So I am able to organize my schedule however I want it. My general day, uh, it looks like, you know, I, I, I tend to meditate and maybe do a little bit of exercise at the start of the day. What I've been trying to do is study for an hour every morning especially since I've started these podcasts. I've been reading and and just trying to make notes because I've always wanted to get into the habit of training my mind in the same way everyone today wants to train their body. Everyone wants to make uh, physical exercise a staple of their day. Why shouldn't training your mind also be a staple of your day? If anything, that's more conducive to your success than your body is. Your health is very important, but the, the health and the strength of your mind is distinctly important in most careers nowadays Mm. uh so i'm doing that and then so i study and then i go to the gym then i come back i I don't eat i've been doing intermittent fasting so i'm not eating in the morning um then after i come back from the gym i do have a pretty i have like a one hour lunch i really enjoy myself there (laughs) um and then i actually start working sort of like late morning or early afternoon Hmm. But then I'll work up to, depending on how much work I have to do. So that's all my career stuff, whether that's uh, organizing these podcasts, uh, writing sketches, writing stand-up comedy. A lot of it is a bit of, there's, there's, there is a bit of admin, which is kind of boring. I try to get that out of the way first. Was it eating the cat? Um, so emails, uh, phone calls, things like that. And any filming. Um, and then... I might not finish work until maybe sort of seven. Sometimes I'll even go up to 9 p.m. And then I try to, if it, I do finish at seven, I might go out, see a friend, see my girlfriend, something like that. But usually I'll just kind of chill out and that's when I'll maybe watch TV and scroll on my phone a little bit, have a little bit of veg out time at the end of the day. Mm. So that's my general routine, but it is unpredictable as yours is uh suddenly i could be doing uh filming for a longer sketch or a short film or an ad uh i we do these podcasts sometimes we record them pretty late at night Uh, so routine's adaptable and i'm changing things but 
that's the sort of skeleton of my schedule. See, look, guys, that that is pretty much just a skeleton for success. I think that like there's there's things that people always say that you should switch around of just like uh, I don't know, read at night or whatever because like you should be doing your hardest things first thing in the morning. And I try to stick to that routine. It just puts me in the wrong headspace for the day. I really like starting off by just meditating and reading. It's just it's it's, it's a good now. way to begin. It's yeah. the rest of the day becomes a hell of a lot easier after that. And you know what else happens as well when you start getting those are the core things that I've I'm glad that I've sort of kept to reading I always just put in the wayside these days which again is bad but I suppose like a lot of my job is studying so I probably do spend a lot more time reading than other people but I want to get better at that but like um as Neil will point out as well dude it it does help a lot when you have like everyone in your business just yelling at you just being like you, you, you fucked everything like like that kind of shit dude meditation holy shit it helps so much it's like what's the mm. problem man you know like life's cyclical like that you know it's sunrise sunset you want to start the day like that exercise yep. read meditate and i like the fact that you're doing that as well i think that that just definitely happens the, the like exercising somewhere somewhere like where you start losing concentration. In fact, that's what I'm starting to do now is just doing shorter exercise breaks of just doing like 15 minute cardio workout on like on thing and then just doing like 15 minute band workout or whatever. And the chicks on YouTube are so good at those. Yeah. Don't ever look at the guys doing the 15 minute home workouts. All the female yeah, YouTubers it's, it's have weird as well. Way better home workouts. Yeah. That it's it creeps me out looking and, at guys as well doing it. I've told you this but I I'm trying to study while I work out as well. I'm, I'm playing verbal advantage. You ramp. <laughs> Winning combo. And I'm going to keep doing that. I really want to... My goal, especially next year, is to really enhance my vocabulary. Mm. Uh, so I'm starting... That verbal advantage is a starting point. But then I want to... Every time I read and don't understand a word, okay, write it down in a notebook, put a definition, write it in a sentence, record it, Put it on my playlist while I'm at the gym. It definitely helps. It de- Look, every time you're ever reading and you don't understand a word, you're so right that the very first thing you should do, this is just a side tip, write it down. And I think this isn't actually, what's what's actually the most important part is actually writing it in the sentence. Yes. Is actually just being like, here's an example of how you would use it. And then it just kind of clicks. Own, yes. And in your own words as well. In your own words. Um, but yeah, look- I, I think that, like, Neil's actually pretty much fucking, like, he's he's pretty much hit it. Like, that's that's the stride of somebody who's going to do well in life. And it's just this, it's, it's like, it, it like, I, I always look for this bedrock in somebody if they're going to be doing well, if they're exercising, reading, and meditating. After that, everything else just becomes a lot easier and a lot more regimented. And you don't have all of this psychic energy just going around being like, what am I doing? What should I be doing? What should I be doing? Like, you've kind of just centered yourself a bit after you've done those daily practices mm-hmm. and it becomes evident in someone's body as well you can see if somebody's been doing that or not and his other question how do you sustain that without overworking yourselves again i really value work-life balance so i make a lot of time for my friends and my girlfriend and when i do my weekly sydney show by the way quick plug uh neil and friends.com every thursday i needed to say it at the start of the podcast anyway <laughs> you know, I go out that night. That's that to me now is 
oh, it's such a cliche, but what is it? When you make your hobby your job, you never work a day in your life. Mm. When I'm touring, I was talking to you this, uh, talking to you about this before the podcast. I, I was saying I don't really know if I want to tour next year. There's other variables at play, obviously with coronavirus. I have a suspicion that when theaters open back up, there is going to be a rush of bands, musicians, comedians, plays, all trying to get good theater spots, good venues, a bombardment of marketing. There's going to be a backlog. So you're, I think acts are going to be competing in a much uh, in a much more cluttered environment than they otherwise would in the live entertainment scene. So that's also why I'm a bit hesitant to just immediately go back into touring. But I also understand we have our own unique audience, so uh, we should be fine. But I'm really enjoying my routine. I really enjoy consistency. Man, when you travel and you you have to get to the airport and then you're in that really sanitized environment and you sometimes have to fly to Perth or you always have to fly a few hours. If it's to, if you're doing a show in Tasmania, it's often a very early flight. We're talking about, you know, 7 a.m., which means you've got to get to the airport at like, you know, 5.30 or whatever. And you're just not in a good headspace. When you come back, you feel like you've missed a few things. You're not in a routine. I'm really enjoying my life as it is now. Doing this one show once a week, uh, doing these podcasts, doing sketches when I can, and just trying to better myself, reading and learning and getting better at speaking and uh, obtaining knowledge in areas that I'm interested in. And I just want to do that for the rest of my 20s. And going out and and really enjoying my social life and having fun while I'm still in my 20s. I think it's like actually pretty evident as well that you're like much more enjoying your life at the moment. It might actually be wise to continue doing it. Well, the way I see you, so there's what, five years difference. So you five years ago, that was about when you were in Lithgow and you probably were in a similar phase where you were still pumping out your videos and you're still well known. Everyone knew Friendly Geordies, but what you are now is something different. I think you had your goals... Uh, in place but it was about putting in the groundwork all those years of studying and just understanding the way politics and power works and now with all that knowledge that you've equipped yourself with you can go out there and do exactly what you want to do see I think I'm at a stage right now where even just five years ago I would have loved to have been the biggest comedian in the world and get to do movies and look I'd love to still do some acting roles but I'm just trying to, I'm in a really lucky position. I do have to uh, say that, but I don't think, obviously it's not all luck, but I have the luxury of not having to work 10 hours a day, slaving away and then making time for myself. A lot of my day is just making time for not just myself. It's not leisure, but it's improving myself in areas that I want to improve on and then working um, in from the early afternoon to the night my convenience when I'm working. So I mean, I am in a very good position and optimal position to do it. And I know not everyone is, uh, but you can still do the things Jordan's talking about, which is reading exercise and meditating. If you do that for a year consistently, I mean, you're going to miss a day or two here and there, but. And that's, you know what else is something that I've noticed in the self-help channel that I do? People are always kicking themselves for doing this and being like, oh, I was in the perfect routine for six months. And then like I started getting out of it for two weeks. 
Yeah, but you're in it for six months. That means that, like it's a bedrock habit for you now. Yeah. The fact that you're even kicking yourself about it, you weren't doing that six months ago. Yeah, you, you'll notice a, a huge difference, even just a year of doing that. Oh, yeah. Even shorter. Shorter than that, you're fine. Mm. It's, it's Even if you start doing that, and actually the really important habit there, and they talk about it in Atomic Habits, everybody always does. I never shut up about it. It's just like reading. If you just keep reading... Even if you are in a dead-end job, you're not going to be there for long. You're just not because the average person doesn't read. I think the average person doesn't read a book after they leave high school ever in their entire life. A non-fiction book, yeah. F- something like 5% of the population read a non-fiction book a outside year. of uh, high school. E- no, ever. Not even a year. It, fuck. I okay, think. I, I, I can't verify that statistic, but... but- the top one percent, the top one percent, on average, read thirty to fifty books a year. So always remember that. That's what I'm. I the last two years I've read about thirty. Granted, some of them after I read a very uh, taxing book, I'll read a very nice, easy two hundred page. Doesn't novel. matter. It's the habit. Exactly. Yes, reading is still the main thing. But anyway, look, I, I think that, like, if you're looking for a, a schedule in life, I think Niels is actually, like, a very good one to go for if you can get anything into that. If you have leisure time, I don't think that you should be seeing it as leisure time. I think that you should be forming sort of that lifestyle, and that lifestyle does just automatically lead to those results. And eventually, those habits almost become like leisure. So I really yeah, enjoy I love the reading all of the part. things I do. I know. Like, I really, really enjoy reading in the morning. I, I, I hate days where I don't get to do that. I love working out. Yeah, working out's Exercising. great. It's, 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 it's great. But, yeah, there are some days where you just want to lie down. But those are the days. Look, it's easy when you're super motivated to have, a, to have an amazing workout or to read for two hours. You've got to make sure you still do them on the days where you feel the least motivated so that those troughs... Uh, aren't as low as they otherwise would be. The peaks are always going to be high, but you don't need to necessarily level those out. But the troughs are the ones that need to push them up closer to the the the, the incline trajectory. The trick, I think, when it comes to working out, if you want to just trick yourself into doing the habit, you just put aside the thing that you want to watch that you're just like, no, nah, I can't, I don't have the time or whatever. You just say like, no, nah, I'll be watching that now while I'm working out. It's very easy to work out these days, obviously. Like, there's just so many YouTube tutorials on it. Like, you don't need to go to the gym. It's not about that. It's just about maintaining some level of fitness. But anyway, um, I think that answers the question. But yes. th- thank you so much for it, though, because honestly, Thanks, that's, like, the fact that you asked that question, I think that, like, you've got a very promising future ahead of yourself, young man. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think all of you do. <laughs> If you listen to this. But especially the people that give us money. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. But, but honestly, Corey, like, good question, man. Thank you. <laughs> um, yes, I do always talk about the subscriptions, but, yeah, we don't, you know, we don't make direct money from this. Uh, so if you can support us, it does go a long way to uh, aiding in our production costs. But I believe if I've – we do – record these a week or two in advance but i think this may be the last one of the year uh because as i said at the start of the podcast 
we'll be taking the last week of December off and the first uh, week of January off. If it is, I could be getting this wrong, but if I do, that'll be very embarrassing. But if not, have a great Christmas and New Year, and we'll we'll see you in 2021. That's crazy. Yeah. This is we've been doing this for over a year now. Well, I'm really glad that we have. Uh, I've enjoyed it a lot. And from what I can see from the comments, I do like the audience that is accumulating. It's just nice to be having the kind of Terence McKenna psychonaut audience being like, yeah, yeah, talking about mushrooms is pretty good. So thanks, guys. Thank you for being pleasant. Really That's great. nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We should do a live podcast sometime next year. What do you think? At some point. At some point. Mm. Just to meet you all. Yeah. All right, well, like I said, I could have gotten this wrong, and then next week I'll be like, oh, by the way, that wasn't the last one. But I'm pretty sure I don't. So uh, once again, enjoy your holidays, and we'll see you next year. See you guys.